For the third year and counting, Richard Skipper has been celebrating the artists you love. Richard Skipper is all about celebrating life, art, and his guest body of work. Please join us while he showcases these diverse and talented individuals. Here's Richard Skipper. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Richard Skipper Celebrates. Who or what are you celebrating today? I'm celebrating the fact that I kicked the Twitter habit this week. I left Twitter. Uh, I also made a big major decision in my life, uh, and we may or may not talk about it tonight. I will be talking about it at a later time. Uh, But after 14 years, I've decided to leave Facebook, and I've got a lot of reasons as to why I'm doing that, Uh, but I think it's time. I want to focus on uh, Richard Skipper. Uh, I've celebrated everybody else. I think I want to celebrate myself for time. Uh, And uh, there are just so many incredible things uh, going on uh, that we can celebrate. I have four amazing women waiting in the wings and hopefully a very amazing gentleman if he makes it here on time. But I asked Alan who was here. And first of all, Alan Choi, I want to celebrate you, Alan. Uh, Alan is a great supporter of this show. Uh, He shows up. He leaves comments on uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, They're always very nice. So I appreciate that. And I will celebrate that. But before we started, I asked him to pick a number, one through four. And he picked number four. And that's Danielle. And I know that Danielle and Alan already have a psychic connection. So, Danielle, I want to begin first and foremost, and I know that you're wearing your favorite jersey today because it is National Jersey Day. I don't actually, I'm not a sports gay, so I don't have a team jersey, but I have my uh, team gay, team LGBT solidarity solidarity collection. This I designed, and it has uh, multiracial fists all standing in solidarity in our rainbow, so that's my team today. And you designed it? Yes. That's great. Are they available on your website? Yeah, they're on my website. I have a a few things on my website that are enlightened merch, as I call them, and some of the collections we do donations with as well, part of the proceeds. So, Well, give us the link later so that anyone who wants to get their own version uh, can go around looking a little bit like Danielle. (laughs) So, Danielle, I want to begin by asking who or what are you celebrating today? Uh, I'm celebrating you and your big decisions. I know we had a great talk and I'm so glad that you are celebrating you finally. And uh, I celebrated a lot this week. We had Halloween and Samhain and All Souls and Day of the Dead. So I'm celebrating some work well done and some people that have been helped through my podcast and being here today. Well, today is National Candy Day. Uh, Did you imbibe over the holiday? I well being vegan I have less candy options but I did actually I got the candy for the kids at Target and they have their brand of uh Himalayan salted chocolate covered almonds which are actually vegan so I I did have some candy this week with that (laughs) that sounds great well I wanted to ask you uh this week I want to start something new on this show um because it is the wrap-up of the week. Is there anything that happened in the news this week or in your personal life that you want to bring light to and talk about today? Um, yeah, I, I don't like to bring up the news too much because I don't 
know everybody's situation and I don't want to trigger people, especially with what we have coming up next week here in America. Um, but I think for me, yeah. So, (laughs) so for me personally, um, I think I did wrap up some cycles in terms of feeling some obligations that I still felt that I was carrying in terms of putting other people first, like yourself, and reeling those back in now that we're really entered into the holiday season and making more uh, boundary decisions that will help me celebrate me and the people that actually consciously continue to support me on a similar level because I think that's important in relationships whether they're family or friends to continue to reevaluate and see whether you are growing sort of at the same rate. So normally with each of our guests I have you pull a mystery card. I pulled a card specific for you today. Okay. So I hope that you can go with it. Sure. Uh, because it is the first quarter moon in Aquarius and I'm an Aquarian. Okay. And Interestingly enough, this card says trust the universe. So what can you tell us about the first quarter moon in Aquarius? Well, you know, Aquarian energy can be very changeable. It is a water bearer, but it's an air sign. So bear that in mind, you're going to be kind of moving back and forth between the worlds of water and emotion and air, which is mind and mentality. So for anyone that's drawn to that energy, I would say, see how you can balance the two and know that for that period, at least, you're kind of going to be straddling the line between emotions and mental tracks and thought forms, maybe that you may have carried for an extended period of time. Wonderful. So you get to bring on our next guest and you get to pick a number one through three. Like, let's make a deal. Yes. Number two, please. And that is my dear friend, Rita Harvey, who I am thrilled to see today. I want to let everyone know if you are in the Rockland area, and even if you're not, travel uh, because it's (laughs) worth it. On the 20th of November, she is going to be at the Turning Point, which is in my backyard, right around the corner, uh, doing her tribute to, uh, uh, she's going to be doing, uh, oh my God, I'm pulling (laughs) as we speak right now, Linda Ronstadt, uh, because you've got so many tribute shows that were all running around in my head. But Mm -hmm. I saw this Linda Ronstadt show and it is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm so glad that you're bringing the show back. Um, What is it about, first of all, welcome to the show and we're celebrating, (laughs) let's celebrate uh, Linda Ronstadt. What is it about her music that resonates so deeply with you? Oh my goodness, so many things. I think um, because she is the ultimate uh, song interpreter, um, she wasn't necessarily a writer, but she collected songs from across all genres. And I'm someone who's always wanted to sing every genre you can think of. I, I love singing every style and she would not be pigeonholed. Um, she, when she heard a song, she wanted to interpret it and put her own stamp on it. And she did, and often would chart higher than the original. And, um, that's what I always wanted to do was sing, you know, whatever gorgeous song I heard or whatever song with a message that I loved, I wanted to interpret it. And it didn't matter that, oh, you know, that's not your style of singing. Why not? I'd love to do that. So. I think that's one of the main reasons she inspired me. Um, she, I come from an opera background, but now I sing musical theater and pop and rock and all of it. And she came from a country 
and folk and ended up in rock and roll and then ended up on Broadway and doing opera and all of it. So, you know, I feel like we intersected and um, I absolutely love, and of course, the voice. I mean, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to ask you, I mean, because you do sing so many different genres of music. Uh, in your career, has anyone tried to pigeonhole you and put you in a specific niche and say, oh, that's not right for you. This is where you belong. And if Absolutely. so, how do you fight that? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you have to be strong to fight that. And, and, I, and I have to admit that when I was younger, I, I kind of didn't. I kind of said, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, you know, I was told as a classical singer that, oh, no, no, you can't do that jazz stuff. You can't do, you know, that musical theater, that rock and roll, that's going to hurt your voice. And so I believed it for a while. And, and actually believing something like that makes you tense up and make and actually, you know, is self-fulfilling prophecy. But when you just let loose and say, you know what, I'm going to do this stuff with my own voice. You know, I don't have to sound like somebody else. I don't have to sound like, you know, some raspy kind of, I just want to do it with my own voice. Then you lighten up and you ease into it and you can do whatever you really really want to do and just make it your own so it took me quite a while to do that but um i think you know through the help of many teachers and coaches and just then just trusting myself um yeah i think through college and through conservatory kind of training you're told oh no 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 you're only this type of singer and um i don't think it's true i think people can interpret it with whatever their particular instrument is and you know interpret it your own way and make it your own and there's nothing wrong with that and you should be encouraged to do so now i want to talk about something that's in the news it's not the immediate news but it's the news and you're part of this uh, legacy this family you played christine on broadway in phantom of the opera and you toured with the show um yeah. did you ever think that this show would ever post a closing notice no, no, I thought this show, they would keep this going forever. I am absolutely shocked, like everybody else, that, you know, it's stunned, speechless when I heard out, you know, found out. I, I just don't even know what to say. I really don't. I mean, who knows what their reasoning is? I mean, I, I can't imagine it's not still going strong. You know, people love this show. Well, but... you know, it's so funny. And, uh, and I'm going to applaud you for a moment. I'm going to put myself on the spot <laughs> because you did a show years ago and I made a comment on social media that it was not my cup of tea and I could not understand. And you went right after me. You went right for the jugular and with good reason. And with good reason. So I applaud you, number one, for that. And it really woke me up. Uh, I truly woke up. Because the same thing happened with um, Phantom of the Opera. Someone posted on Facebook, finally I can go back to the Majestic Theater. And I said, you know, that show has employed so many people for over 30 years. Uh, and uh, it's a major income booster for the Broadway community. Mm -hmm. uh, it is, you know, and I'm sure, and I'm hope, hoping that it will do. Do you think, I, I mean, you did the tour. Um, it's such a massive production on Broadway. Did they cut no. corners for the tour? No, not when I was doing it. I remember it took something like 36 trucks and a million dollars just to transfer it to another city. And they had to, 
make structural changes to the theaters they went to, to put the chandelier in and all the different trap doors. I mean, no, they did not skimp at all. Not at all. It's, it's just a mega, mega musical, you know, the definition of, and well, people thought their money's worth, my gosh. And you know, you're right. I mean, and, and I, I'm sorry that I, I called you out on that. I think, I think it's oh, just- Please don't apologize. You did the right thing. <laughs> I, I think it just- I would never bring it up if I didn't feel that you did the right thing. I appreciate that. I really do. I think it, when people, um, you know, if a show's not your cup of tea, And fine. I do want to point out to everybody, I was not knocking fine. your performance. You know, there's, there's, there's shows that are not my cup of tea also. Yes. They're absolutely out there. But um, to to kind of put a show down, you know, like you're right. It, it, those shows employ a lot of people who have, uh, you know, expended a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get it where it is. And we should support it, you know, no matter what. So, you know, I'm not going to say there there's certain shows right now that I don't care for, but I'm, you know, I, I, I applaud them for doing their job and doing what they, Absolutely. you know, and representing what they're, the story they're trying to tell. And, you know, good for everyone who's out there. That's great. Now you get to pull a mystery question, one through three. Oh my goodness. Um, let's do three. Okay. And the question is, what's, it, this is a good one. What's the first concert that you ever went to? Oh, like rock concert? Any concert. Any concert. Um, well, I guess I would say rock concert. Um, when I was 15, I went and saw Sticks. You know the rock, rock and oh, roll? Yes, of course. Um, I loved Sticks when I was a kid, and my boyfriend at the time took me to see it. And it was, I lived in Indianapolis. We saw it at the Market Square Arena, and um, oh, it was awesome. I love Sticks. And, um, I remember afterwards trying to shake Tommy Shaw's hand. We waited at the stage door and they were all leaving in their limos. And I almost got to shake Tommy Shaw's hand. You know, he's the, the guitar player Great for sticks. Yes. And a security guard like batted me away and I wasn't able to do it. Years later, I went and saw them again and a friend of mine was um, performing with them and I got to finally meet him. <laughs> but yeah. And he got to meet you. My first big concert. So. Yeah, so you get to bring on our next guest, uh, one right. or two. Let's do two. Well, she's been on the show before, and I am a huge fan of hers, so that she knows who's coming on. Uh, she also had a birthday this week. And she just got back from Chicago, uh, where she was starring in The Devil Wears Prada. But today she's here. Beth Level, uh, we can't see you. Are you there, Beth? Are you there, Beth? If you can hear me, leave and come back because something happened. Uh, I'm going to just close out and come back. Something happened to the connect. Here she's. Uh, I'll cl close this one out. Um, Kate from the studio. And hopefully she'll be able to come on. Beth, there you are. Can you hear me, Beth? Beth, the gremlins of the Phantom of the Opera are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Beth, can you hear me? Close out. Come back. We'll hopefully we'll hopefully get her back on. Uh, I hope you can come back on, Beth. Um, I, I I'm sorry about this, um, but uh, just try coming back on again. Uh, in the meantime. 
I'm going to bring on our next guest, who is here directly, uh, direct from London, Sally Hyde-Lomax. How are you, Sally? I'm very well, thank you, Richard. How are you? I'm doing great. So I, a mutual friend of ours suggested you for the show. Uh, you reached out through LinkedIn, and uh, here you are. Uh, tell us a little bit about your history in the theatre as well. Well, I'm what you'd describe really as a jobbing actor. I do anything and everything that's offered to me. Um, I've not done anything big, but I've worked a lot over the last 25 years doing various things. Um, I've done a one-woman show, um, one-woman play, actually, um, which I toured for a couple of years. I've done various theatre tours, um, and um, I'm currently writing a one-woman play. And I did a sort of scratch night for it for a charity concert last Saturday. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and, you know, various things like that. I do things like medical role play. I'm going to be a Christmas elf. You name it. If it's acting, I'll do it, really. And also... <laughs> well, Sally, um, first of all, if you act, it's all big. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Uh, okay. So I don't lose her again. I'm going to bring her on quickly. So don't go anywhere. Uh, and we'll see. Beth? Can you hear us, Beth? There's, you know, there's, it seems that there's always, a, uh, I can, you're, you're breaking up. Beth? Oh, my God. Uh, you I might try, you. Uh, since you're on your phone, Beth, you might try a different room. Sometimes that happens. Uh, that helps. Or going on Wi-Fi instead of cellular okay. if you're doing it from the Come. phone. Did you hear that? Try doing it through Wi-Fi on your phone and see if that helps. And in the meantime, Sally, I apologize. So, yes, uh, hopefully she'll be back in a few moments. So tell us about your one-woman show. Well, um, which one? The one I've done or the well, one you just did last Saturday night? Oh, well, it's a, it's called Irene um, and it's based, it's loosely based on my grandmother, but really it ends with her name and the fact that she died in 1974. Beyond that, there's not a lot that's actually my grandmother, but that was the that was the idea for the show initially. Um, and it's based on her as she would see the world now. She died in 1974, so she comes back as a ghost, but she doesn't call herself a ghost. She calls herself a resident being um, because she doesn't like the word ghost. And she looks at the world as we might not see it ourselves, but from somebody who died in 1974 might see it. So you can imagine that sort of some of the things wow, like- what a great premise. Alexa, for instance, she says, what's wrong with going outside and seeing if it's raining? Um, and um, computers, she calls them televisions and doesn't understand why, you know, you have to use a television to get information out of it. She thinks the world went wrong because t colour television made people look so real and people stopped talking. That's just a few things to do. Well, with I'm old enough to remember getting our first color television set. And there were three knobs for color, brightness, and tint. Do you remember that, Rita? Yes. <laughs> and spending hours trying yeah. to adjust. And <laughs> I remember, I mean, today is a very special anniversary. 1956, The Wizard of Oz aired for the very first time on television. 
And because it was, most households did not have color TVs, most people saw it in black and white. So I remember the first time that we were watching it uh, and my aunt, um, crazy that she was, said this film is supposed to be in black, uh, it's supposed to be in color. So she's spending like the first 15 minutes of the movie trying to adjust it to get it in color. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I'm going, no, it's in black and white. It's in black and white. She's arguing with me. And finally, when they got to Oz, all the uh, colors, the yellow brick road was purple and, you know, and the Wicked Witch was, uh, you know, was red. And it was just crazy, crazy, crazy. So, you know, I love that premise of going back in time and imagining, you know, and seeing the world through the eyes of when we were all younger at that period. So I think that's great. I'm going to uh, try to bring Beth on again. Beth, we can't see her. Beth, are you there? Are you, you Beth, are you on your Wi-Fi? Yes, I'm here. Oh, there you are. How are you? I'm on my Wi-Fi. Okay, good. Hi. That's It's better. It's still break. It, it's it's breaking up. It's it's stopping a lot. Maybe we need to adjust it with the knobs. <laughs> yes, you know, and it's funny. My friend Vicky Bell is here, uh, and her husband Doug Bell was my best friend in high school. And Doug, um, one year, The Wizard of Oz, which you know we had three networks: ABC, CBS, and NBC. And our local CBS affiliate decided to show a basketball game, which I called the station to complain about. Uh, but Doug said, we have cable at my mom's house and we'll be able to pick it up on another CBS affiliate. So I went to Doug's house so that I didn't miss The Wizard of Oz that year. So Vicki, so thank Doug for me so that we've got this. So, um, Sally, I'm going to let you also pick a mystery card, one or two. One. Okay. And the card is, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, rewrite this question because it says, who's the worst? But I want to celebrate. Who's the best boss that you've ever had and why? Um, I think the one of the best bosses I've ever had is um, my one of my current bosses. She's called Christina and she runs a mental health company. And I'm making some videos for her. One of my sort of acting things that I'm doing. And I'm making a series of videos for her. And she's so accommodating. She just sort of says, right, I want a video written like this, Sally. And I want you to do it. And I write it. And she goes, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it, she makes me feel so brilliant. It's lovely. Oh, that's great. So I want to talk about some of the holidays that are acknowledged today. We've already mentioned that it's National Candy Day, and Danielle and I spoke about that before. Um, Rita, it's also National Chicken Lady Day, because today was when one of the first chicken franchises opened. Uh, so it's National Chicken. Beth? Are you with us, Beth? Yes, it's National Chicken Day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The chicken brought us luck. Chicken Lady Day. And she comes in on that. <laughs> so how are you, Beth? I'm all over my hat. Oh, it, it's the connection. 
I'm going to take you out to dinner afterwards for this. <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry that we're having the, a bad connection. Well, it happens, and I apologize, folks. That's when technology is out of my control. So if she begins to talk, I will shut up. But as I said, uh, Rita, it's National uh, Chicken Lady Day. Um, Chicken Lady Day? Chicken Lady Day, because she opened the first chicken franchise on this date. And so oh. they celebrated. Are you a chicken fan? Well, of course. I mean, uh, and what's your favorite way of having chicken? <sighs> well, who doesn't love fried chicken? But I yes. try not to do much of it. Um, wow. I guess chopped up on top of a salad. Not, can't go wrong with that. That's being the smart um, way. That's the smart know, way to go with it. So, you yes. can't go wrong with chicken just by any way, really. I mean, save that, <laughs> isn't it? Well, Sally, I have to ask you because today, believe it or not, is National Easy Bake Oven Day. <laughs> today is when the Easy Bake Oven was first opened. Uh, was that popular in London as well? No, I don't think so. <laughs> It's not something I know of. <laughs> do you know anything? Well, it, it was, this, it was this, uh, Rita, do you want to describe oh, it? Yeah. We had one when I was, my sisters and I have, I have three younger sisters. We had an easy bake oven. It was, what was it about? About so big. Um, and you made, you made this little bit, I mean, a tiny little bit of, of cake mix in a tiny little cake about this big. And it looked like, you know, an adult size oven, but, but this, but miniature and you put and a light bulb would actually you know heat up the oven part and it would cook this tiny little bitty cake i mean i haven't seen them in ages because i i can't imagine they're that safe <laughs> to no. have around little kids but so a bit like a camping oven a, a little yes, bit but that... it was a, a toy it was considered a toy and oh. you could make a little tiny little cake about this big i remember making little chocolate cakes you know with my sisters, and yeah, but you had to be careful. I mean, you could easily burn yourself. Someone but said it, that I should have a picture comes. of it, and believe it or not, I do. I saved a photograph this morning somewhere, oh. so let me see if I can bring this up. Uh, and, you know, I also have this thing called creepy crawlers that you poured this goo into this little, I mean, the, the things that we had as kids were dangerous. My cousin had remember, that. Yeah. Do you remember Shrinky Dinks? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Plastic, I begged but and begged. <laughs> I begged and begged and begged my parents to let me have an easy bake oven. And they said, boys don't have easy bake ovens. And oh. now look at all these great chefs. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> so here it is. This is, uh, th that's what it looked, that's, that's the original look, uh, oh. which was very different from the ones that you're describing. And it was like a conveyor belt that went underneath it. It would just slowly go in through the cake. And when it came out on the other side, it was like a, a muffin actually that was ready. So, uh, but it is the easy bake oven day. So see the That's things funny. that you learn on the show. Uh, and then um, today uh, we mentioned Danielle. Uh, she's wearing uh, her jersey today in celebration. Do you want to stand up so we can see it? Because we can't see sure. it. Design this yourself, by the way, everyone. There we go. Can you see it better now? It would better stand up. Stand up. Okay. That's better. Now we okay. can see it. Solidarity. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Okay. Uh, Beth. 
again. <laughs> well, we can hear you. <laughs> yes, hello, Beth. <laughs> I, you know, I've been calling you on your phone. I thought, well, the least I, we can have a conversation on your phone. I turn all the phones off when I do this. So, <laughs> right. but now we can. Now I can see to. and hear you. Welcome back. Oh, Welcome it's a home. Miracle. Yes. So, how does it a feel to be back? You've been away for you were away for a while. I was. I was in Chicago all summer. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Yes. <laughs> I'm walking you look around great. the house. You sound great. Finally, we can see you. Yay! Um, yes, I was in Chicago all summer uh, doing the out of town tryout of the Devil Wears Prada. Heard of it? <laughs> and you know, uh, can you tell us anything about what's what's in the uh, cards for the show? Nope. No. But I do know. <laughs> I'm not allowed to say anything. That's okay. Because That's okay. I have no, no one has any ideas yet. It was um, a big hit. Lots of things were, um, I mean, we learned a great deal about the show and storytelling. And now we're just waiting for the right moment to come to Broadway. And, I and think you probably know more about Celeron than you probably ever thought about. It, people and that movie slide. now she's broken up again we lost just say that one more time you are. You're, back. you're back you're back there we go oh so anything coming up on the horizon here where we can see you again oh the wi-fi yeah I just saw something actually about the Devil Wears Prada movie that Anne Hathaway was apparently saying Nate is the villain in that movie. So mm -hmm. I wonder uh, if in the play he will also be a villain. I want to tell you, I've been watching American Horror Story. I don't know if any of you watch this. It is so gruesome and so horrible. It is based on The Last Call Killer. And one of my best friends was a victim of the Last Call Killer. Um, this was back in the uh, in the late. Uh, well, he was murdered in early, I think ninety three, ninety four, and uh, so to see this movie and they've given him a backstory and everything, which I don't think is true, but so much of it is so factual. Uh, it's just uh, it's upsetting to watch it. Uh, but I, I love uh, Ryan Murphy. Anything he touches, I'm a big fan of. Call me Ryan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Beth, can you hear us? But I love the fact that we keep seeing Beth, that we know <laughs> her, that she's back. Yeah. I think it's appropriate that it's yes. Halloween week, really, isn't it? <laughs> this, she sort of keeps appearing and then moment. going away. I, I get out and I just want to die. The same thing happened. We did it. Uh, Jeff Harner has a new. Very much. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't hear you. Jeff Harner has a new CD that came out this summer. And it, it, the show was directed by. Uh, yes. We'll do this another time when we can get it all meshed together, I think. I don't want yeah, to- Yeah, maybe when she can get it on her computer, it'll be- I don't want you to be frustrated. Uh, 
that's, I mean, I can live with this because I've dealt with it with other people. Um, but I love Pam Stubbs said that she has, uh, she had creepy crawlers. I had them, you know, that was a fun thing to do. Um, but uh, so Sandra Lee was on and she kept fleeting, uh, fleeting in and out, in and out. Every time she said hello, she disappeared. Uh, so uh, again, Beth, uh, we love seeing your beautiful face. So uh, continue to stay where you are. And if it changes, we'll go with the flow. Um, it's also King Tut Day. Danielle, anything you want to add to that? King Tut Day. Well, there is a lot of evidence about King Tut. So it's very interesting, actually, if anyone is a fan of Downton Abbey, uh, one of the founding members of the Downton Abbey family uh, actually passed away because he was said to be one of the people cursed by the opening of King Tut's tomb. So that's a little bit of interesting trivia there for you. Uh, I love ancient Egypt, obviously. I think King Tut is a little bit overrated honestly but it's simply because we just it's one of the tombs that was complete and so it gives us a really wonderful picture um there's a great investigation and discovery channel and i believe they're on disney plus now um that they are part of the same company have investigations into his chronic health issues that he actually had so that's really really interesting if anyone's uh, fascinated by egypt <laughs> oh wow um Great. Um, and of course, Steve Martin, King Todd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, today is also, and uh, Rita, and I mentioned this in my email to you, love your lawyer day. Uh, do you have a good lawyer? <laughs> I don't have one personally. Um, I mean, my husband does for his various projects, um, you know, his shows that he's producing, but uh I don't have what I work with at the moment. Well, I, uh, you know, I went through an amazing um, lawsuit many years ago, and uh, I got three uh, major uh, incredible lawyers. So uh, I, uh, kudos to all of them today. Um, and I also mentioned this to you, Sally, in my message to you, and this is a mouthful. It's National Medical Science Liaison Awareness and Appreciation Day. Right. Hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah. answer. It is. Yes. Is it? Yes. yes. <laughs> what does that mean for you, Richard? <laughs> well, it's so funny. Yesterday, I uh, I actually I had minor dental surgery yesterday, so they give me the option of going under, or just having the Novocaine. And I said I want to go completely under. And I am telling you, I know why Michael Jackson got addicted to this because mm -hmm. they put the needle in my arm. And the next thing I know is they're saying, you can go home now. And I've had absolutely no pain, none. Mm -hmm. So when they called me this morning, they said, we're just calling to see how you're dealing with all of this. I said, a kernel from my mouth. And she said, what? I said, a kernel from my mouth. And then she said, oh my God, I'll get the doctor. And I said, I'm joking, I'm joking. And so the doctor, then I, and I told her, I said, don't tell the doctor this, but he's underpaid because I mean, I love everything about, I don't love going to the dentist. No one does, but wonderful. I mean, they are mm -hmm. just, uh, everything about going there uh, is, you know, because I'm getting an implant in the back. Uh, but it was just a, a great experience from 
top to bottom. So the liaisons, the people that you deal with from point A to point B, the person answering the phone, when I walk in the door, they know me there. Hi, Richard, how are you? Instead of, can you take a seat over there and I'll be right with you. I mean, that's missing. I will say this um, because I'm going to be doing a show about this uh, next Saturday. Uh, Susan L. Schulman. Um, Rita, did you know her? Uh, publicist on Broadway. She just died, believe it or not, from Legionnaire's disease. Oh, oh. And she went to uh, St. Uh, is it uh, Saint Mount Sinai at Columbus Circle. Mm-hmm. She went to the emergency room at Five o'clock on Friday afternoon, and they saw her at midnight on Saturday night. No. Yes. Wow. Yes. No. And so, I mean, and that is outrageous in our yeah. hospital system, you know, here, here in the United States. I don't know what the hospital systems are like in London, Sally. Do you want to? Well, in England, it's quite common, actually. You do have to wait quite a long time, especially on a Saturday evening because the doctors are just overstretched um, and overworked. And we do, and we have the most wonderful national health system, which is free. um, And we are incredibly lucky. And to be honest, if there's anything really wrong with you, the doctors will sort you out in England. Um, And you may have to wait, but you will be sorted out and for free, which is fantastic. But we do take it. We, we unfortunately um, waiting in, the emergency room is part of the course. Wow. It's just one of those wow. things. But yesterday, going to the dentist, it was $3,000. And we had to pay up front before we could even go in. Every They they wanted me to pay before I even went to see the doctor. Uh, A lot so- of people are traveling for dental work now to other countries, actually. I heard there are even like websites where you can track and plan out your trip to reputable people because it's it's a big problem here in the U.S. It's a major problem. And a friend of mine uh, years ago went, uh, actually went to India to have his teeth done. Uh, because he felt that it was uh, <laughs> the trip was expensive, but it was cheaper to get you know once he got there for all the work that he had done. I know people that have gone to the Philippines to have their teeth done. Uh, yes, Sherry Callahan, I have dental insurance, but it was still three thousand dollars that needed to be paid up front. So, so uh, it was a good week, actually, Richard, because in my sorry to interrupt you, Sally. Uh, in in my spiritual work, uh, teeth represent ancestors. And this was uh, Dia de los Muertos and All Souls Day honoring the Ancestors Week in a lot of cultures. So it was a good week for you to get work on your teeth. Yes. And I do want to mention, because uh, there's a conversation going on on the side here between Pam Stubbs and Sherry Callahan. Um, Pam, you have been hacked because I got the same request today. I got this thing through Facebook, another reason why I'm glad I'm leaving. Um, And it starts out as a conversation uh, and then saying that she got a a loan for COVID uh, for $100,000. And then she got- I got that too. I got that too, Pam. Yeah. So people that are here that you, you know, are affiliated with Pam know that you may be getting those. Um, So, um, so, Danielle, I'm going to go to you for this next one because it is National Skeptics Day. (laughs) Well, I have have read my fair share of skeptics. Uh, It's not my favorite thing to do because I find obviously we could do much deeper work if somebody has their 
own form of belief already. Um, but I have not read skeptics who have been uh, disappointed with the results, I will say. Usually I at least get them to say, well, yeah, I don't know how you knew that. That was pretty good. At least I know uh, there's something and it comforts me in my belief. You know, usually if a loved one comes through or something that they only they can know comes through, uh, it turns them around a little bit. But I'm not really here. And I, I was discussing this with a, a psychic friend as well. And we're not really here to convince people. We can give the message, we can give evidence, but it's up to everyone whether they want to believe or not. And whatever makes them believe is up to them and their form of higher power. So if they get the information and the message and they do good with it in any form, whether they truly believe it or not, that's really all that matters. Well, in the American Horror Story, Patty Lapone plays uh, a, a woman with her own psychic reader's place. Okay. Sandy Bernhardt comes in saying, I need a job. And she says, well, I need a psychic reader. I want you to do the job. And she says, well, I've never done this before. She says, all you have to do is, here's a book, learn the cards. Once you learn the cards, just make people feel that they're getting what they want and you'll be doing a good job. But it turns out that Sandra's more psychic than she thought she was. But that's what really annoys me because that's that's actually why I avoided using cards for the majority of my career. Now I quite like them, especially because I do like live readings and only interact with people in comments. So it can help people to connect more. And of course I love the art and I create art and I have friends that have created card decks. So I love and appreciate it for that. But really I I am mostly a channel and it really dissuaded me in the beginning um, to see that kind of the same way some people treat Reiki. If, If you can just learn it and never actually tap into your your innate abilities or into any other form of higher power, I, I think it does more disservice to the community and to the to the people. Uh, of course, if you love it and you want to explore it, that's great. But I think you should differentiate between if you're channeling or if it's um, simply a learned mm-hmm. behavior. Absolutely. And uh, but Danielle, you know, she's been on the money with me. So I love you. you know, I'm not a skeptic. Uh, so Rita, uh, today is also uh, Use Your Common Sense Day. <laughs> you have to follow that. <laughs> so how have you exercised, well, how have you exercised using your common sense today? Oh, today. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, I played tennis in the fog. Was that common sense? I don't know. It was so foggy this morning. It was I know. It was, but um, it was beautiful, though. It was gorgeous, but it was we live right up next to these tennis courts and we had uh, all these people that were going to come play tennis. And I looked out my window and said, I can't even see it past, you know, in the, the courts are in, invisible. So anyway, um, ended up playing in the fog. It actually worked out fine. Um, I don't know about today. I, you learned the true lesson of endless love today. The true le- lesson of endless love. <laughs> <laughs> fall, but sure, fall. Yes. Um, let's see. I, um, I taught a voice lesson this morning and I, I guess I, I, I I enjoyed it so much because, um, I told the students, you know what? We talked about technique this whole time. Now let it all go and just sing this song for me. And he sang the song Why from Tick, Tick, Boom. Wow. Mm -hmm. And brought me to tears. I literally got goosebumps and cried. I said, oh my gosh. First of all, that song is so sad, 
but the fact that he could just let go of his technique and just sing and just tell the story. And I was like, yes, you know, this is how you teach people. You teach them the technique, but then you let them just express and tell the story, you know, from there. And it worked. And I, I was like, I was so moved that I, I actually cried and that made him feel so good, you know? That's wonderful. So, I don't know. That was, that was a lovely lesson and, you know, trust, trust, what I think I need to do with a student. And then I told that student, trust your own abilities and trust your own storytelling abilities, your own technique, and just let it flow through you. And it was, ugh, I did, I cried. It was amazing. Um, to relate it, oh, sorry, just to relate it back to the skeptic thing. Um, you have to, I, I am absolutely into, you know, tarot cards and, and channelers. I find it so fascinating what you do. Um, but there isn't a certain amount of common sense and discernment you need to have because there are a lot of charlatans out there. So, you know, you have to find out, use your common sense and finding out, okay, who's just trying to pull one over and who's actually the real deal. And obviously, I feel like- I will put it out there if you ever need a great <laughs> reading, Danielle, especially yes. for uh, Animal Spirit Very Guide. Very interesting. I might make I I might still make call you up my up. Animal Spirit Guide. I had something come up today that asked me to call on my Animal Spirit Guide. And wow. I did. So, um, and Sally, you can interpret this last holiday that I'm going to mention any way you do, uh, like. It's called National Waiting for the Barbarians Day. <laughs> National <laughs> Waiting for the Barbarians? Yes. <laughs> so, can't I have common sense or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Sally's right. I think Americans have more barbarians than the English have left. Could <laughs> be. Why are we waiting for the barbarians? Do you want to wait for the barbarians? Why would you want to wait for the I barbarians? I think we've got them. Uh, they're waiting for us. And they're waiting at the gates right now. So uh, I think that that's uh, our uh, big concern right now. I'm going to put in our word of the day because I'm going to go to each of you for the word of the day. And uh, I'll start with you, Danielle. The word of the day for our giveaway today, everyone, is honesty. What does honesty mean to you in terms of the work that you do? Well, the first thing that really comes up when you say that is linking it with integrity. And I think honesty and learning how to be honest with yourself as well. You know, I do a lot of work um, with people understanding their own energy and their, their patterns energetically and also mentally and belief systems that we may have carried forward from our caregivers or our parents or even our ancestors. And so learning what that process is to be honest to your own soul and your own spirit, regardless of the story uh, that may have been told to you or whatever limitations uh, your culture may be putting on you. So I think that's a, a real process for everyone, regardless of gift or profession or belief level, is learning to not only be honest with others, but to be honest with yourself and to also be honest when uh, you would only be agreeing to something maybe to please someone else. Great answer. Uh, and same, uh, Rita, same thing with, uh, for you in your work. Well, I mean, one of the first things that came up just because we just spoke about um, teaching voice lessons, but also um, performing uh, myself, teaching other students, other singers and other actors to perform, the key word is honesty. The key word is, is, is um, using your own voice and not trying to sound like someone else, not try, even if you're playing a character, 
um, being honest through that character because people can sense when you're not honest and it doesn't ring true to them and then it doesn't, you know, they don't relate to that performance and they don't hear the story and the message you're trying to tell. So um, when people think of actors, they think of, oh, people that put on and, and lie for a living. But what we're doing is being even more honest. We're trying to find the I honesty within that. ourselves, you know, and, and that's what I think people who don't do it don't understand is that um, we're trying to honestly tell that story. And then as a singer, same thing. You're trying to be as vulnerable and honest as you can so that your audience can relate to you so that you're not just somebody up on a pedestal, you know, doing something they can't relate to. No, you're trying to actually relate and connect to people. So be honest as possible as a performer. And that translates to all of life too, but definitely as, as a teacher and a singer and an actress, it's about honesty, all about honesty. Absolutely. And Can I ask Rita a question before you get to Sally? Sure, absolutely. Sure. Rita, I was wondering, especially since you do a show dedicated to Linda Ronstadt, and obviously your students will probably be interested in doing covers as well. Sure. How do you help them find the honesty uh, and their own voice and utilizing their own voice when you or they are doing cover songs? Great yeah. The, the first thing I like to say doing the show is that I'm not trying to mimic her. I am trying to do these songs in my own voice. Because, you know, I have a, I guess, similar voice, but I don't, I don't sound just like her and I'm not going to try to, you know, I just want to pay tribute, but I'm not, I'm not being a, um, what's the, what's the word? I'm not, I'm not being a, um, impersonator, impersonator. Thank you. I'm not being an impersonator. I'm just paying tribute. Um, so whatever I sound like in these songs, even though I'm doing her arrangements, um, but I'm not trying to sound like her. That way I'm, I'm more honest in my bringing my voice to it. And when I teach students, um, you're always, because you, when you're trying to do a musical theater song or you're, you know, doing an aria or something, you've heard recordings of it. A lot of my students, you know, they want to do a Kristen Chenoweth song or they want to do an Indita Mandel song. And you can tell they've been listening to the recording because they'll do, you know, a little riff that they did, or they'll do a little aside that they did, then you can tell they're trying to mimic. And I try to tell them, no, we want to hear, we don't want to hear you mimic that famous performer. We want to hear what you interpret this song as. We want to hear your individual voice through this song. It's going to be way more interesting to us to hear your unique take on it than it is to hear you mimic, you know, what some famous person did. So, you know, it, it, it's about, once again, it's about being honest and, and just using your own voice and interpreting it and finding a personal reason why you want to sing that song, not just because you like how Kristen Jenner was saying it or someone else saying it, you know, so that's, that's someone, what I do. Someone once asked um, Billie Holiday how she felt about other people singing songs that she made famous. Mm -hmm. And she said, once I've made it famous, I've done my job. Now it's their job to make it famous in their own interpretation. 
And she actually told Lena Horn. Lena Horn went to uh, the Cotton Club to find her and and ask. Or actually, Lena Horn was asked to sing at the Cotton Club, and she went to find Billy at a smaller club uh, because she told her, you know, they want me to sing your songs. And Billy actually said to her, um, sing them because Lena did not want to sing them. Uh, she so idolized Billy Holiday, and Billy said, sing them. You have two babies. Do whatever they ask you to do, and then get where you need to get and get your own foundation and then you can sing whatever you want absolutely yeah that's great yeah. sally what does honesty mean to you in terms of the work that you do well i agree completely with rita in fact actually i had a very interesting discussion once with an acting tutor about the word honesty and truth and i feel personally when i play a role i I feel that person, I become that person, I am that person. And I said this to my acting tutor and they said, no, 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 you, you, you interpret that role, but you, it's dangerous to be that person. But for me, when I'm on stage for two hours, I'm that person. And that to me is truth because you have to actually embody that whole character you're not you aren't just playing a character you are being that person mm -hmm. and so i agree with everything that rita says you become your version of whatever that is but it is very much an honesty to yourself yes and if you're not honest the audience is going to pick up on that right away and the best audiences are children because children will pick up on things immediately oh, they see you right through it yeah <laughs> Yeah. So again, the word of the day is honesty, and I'm going to do a giveaway, but I'm going to ask three more questions before we do that, and I'll start with you, Danielle. And it says, and I, it's amazing, this card that I pull up, and you did this with me today. So now you can do that with either someone here on screen or someone watching. Okay. And it says, use your skills to empower someone else today. Okay, so do you want to pick someone maybe for no, you, me? Yeah, you pick. Me pick. Uh, I look down, I have the comments from the show okay. here in my lap. So I look down and the first person I saw is Doug. And uh, I really believe in, in Doug as well as I know you do. That's and awesome. I would like to see Doug be more honest in enjoying sharing his gift. And I'm so glad to see him showing up more. So I want and to see that Excuse me, Marita. <laughs> and he said that it was great meeting your husband years ago. Oh. And Doug lives in Dallas. And uh, my prayers are going out to you uh, because the weather is supposed to get really dicey there tonight. So uh, are you within the realm of the area where uh, I know you're in Dallas, but are you near Dallas, Fort Worth? Because it's supposed to be pretty bad there, especially late at night. There are what they call nocturnal tornadoes going through. Wow. And they're rather dangerous because a lot of people go to bed thinking they're safe. And it's the worst time mm. that, you know, for these tornadoes to strike and hit. So see, it's that Wizard of Oz anniversary. Yeah. Yes. Thing. Yes. Mm. Yes. So, uh, Rita, my question for you, uh, he says he's right in the middle. So oh, fine cover. You and your husband go to a nice hotel and have a nice evening somewhere be else. Safe. Yes, yeah. be safe. Uh, Rita, what was the largest debt that you ever ran up in your career? 
How's that for a question? Largest, like monetarily or uh, or otherwise? Uh, uh, um, it's your call. Wow. Um, well, I mean, college was, uh, I went to two, you know, private schools, Simpson College and, and Northwestern, and that that was a lot of debt, but luckily getting Phantom took care of that. So that's good. Um, I think other than monetarily, I have so many teachers and directors that I owe everything to. Um, do you know the music director, Kevin Stites? Yes, yes. He, Kevin is the reason I worked for many years because he uh, recommended me for Phantom. He recommended me for Fiddler on the Roof. He uh, recommended me to um, Malpy and Shire to do Take Flight uh, for all kinds of things. I mean, I was kind of one of his sopranos that he would call in and uh, it led to so many opportunities. So I cannot ever repay him for that. Um, yeah, I mean, he's the first one that comes to mind, but many teachers and mentors, um, I think that kind of debt, you know, leads to, uh, leads to so many things that I could never repay, you know, monetarily and, and career wise. So I think that's, I don't know if it's considered a debt that I have to pay, but it's, it's something I think I owe a great deal to these people. So there you go. But you do repay them every time you go on stage. Yeah, okay. So. And debt of gratitude is better than karmic debt, spiritually speaking. So Great. <laughs> well, it's all about gratitude, yes. And I have great gratitude for, for Kevin and, and all these people in my life. So Doug said that he won a competition, uh, 100 Years of Broadway, and sang in Galveston yes. with Neil Berg. That's so, great. Yes. So, we do I it love this. Yeah, so. we do a singing with the Broadway stars and people can submit an audition and then they're allowed to come up and join us for the for the one. That's so cool. Congrats, Doug. <laughs> so Sally, as to wrap everything up today, I have a calendar um, in its uh, a daily gratitude calendar. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read a quote and then I'd like you to give your own thoughts on this uh, to end our show today. And it says, love and kindness are never wasted. Goes back to what you just said, Rita. Uh, they always make a difference. They bless the one who receives them, and they bless you, the giver. And that's from Barbara DeAngelis. So your thoughts? I think that's absolutely right. I think that whatever we do in life, love and kindness are the most important things. Um, and I think that I hope that that's what... I brought my family up to believe, and I, I know they do. My family do believe that. And it is what we try to base our lives on, really, because at the end of the day, it's a very sorry world if we have no love. If you can't give something to somebody um, and during lockdown for instance we were all a bit stuck for something to do so a group of friends and me um, we got together and we raised money for a friend in in Zimbabwe who was struggling because of COVID and it was just based on love love for that person and needing to help them and I think it is the premise that life should be by Absolutely. And it's like the song lyric, I don't want to live in a world without love, okay. you know, and uh, it's so it's so true. Um, so we're going to do a giveaway. Don't go anywhere for a moment. Let me uh, 
go here for the giveaway. Thank you all for being here today, and we'll see who the give who our winner is today. Uh, so many friends are here. So, uh, Doug McAllister, hey, he wins again. again. <laughs> Doug, give me a call in about ninety minutes if you're around, so we can talk. Hopefully, uh, the weather will be fine, and we can talk then. Uh, Beth Level, uh, thank you for attempting to be a part of today's show. Um, Beth Level, uh, just one of my favorite actresses of all time. Uh, Tony Award winner, Drowsy Chaperone, 42nd Street, uh, everything, uh, the prom, uh, everything I've ever seen her in. I just absolutely love, love, love her. And I'm sorry that we didn't get a chance to really visit with her today. But you can go to my YouTube channel, you're all there now and see the interview that I did with Beth, um, I think about two years ago. Uh, and she's always welcome back here. She's just one of the nicest, friendliest people in the business. And uh, Rita, you know this, uh, there are a lot of great people in this business, more so than the ones that get the attention for being mean. So we, there are so many great people in this business. Um, I'm going to give my closing remarks, and then I'm going to turn it over to you, Danielle, and then you'll pick the next person, and then you'll pick the final person, whoever that will be. Don't worry about how to end the show, because as soon as you say goodbye, the final credits will roll. I do want to let everyone know that tomorrow I'm doing a special show at 12 noon. Uh, it's National Book Lovers Day. So I have about seven authors who have been on this show before all coming on to talk about their favorite authors. So it should be a really fun show. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I also, uh, as you all know, uh, I said I'm going to be leaving uh, Facebook. Uh, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing and the shows and how they're uh, going to be happening, uh, if you don't subscribe already to the Skipper's Guide, which is like my version of the TV guide, uh, go to richardskipper.com and sign up for that. Uh, please, 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 even if you've left comments here today, leave a comment on YouTube after the show. As I said, Alan is so good about doing that. I appreciate it. Leave a comment on YouTube that helps with the analytics that other people know about the show. Check out Danielle's YouTube channel. It is amazing. And mm -hmm. I get so much from your channel, Danielle. Thank uh, you. So thank you for that. Um, so please, uh, you know, the thing that I, I'm going to go here for just a moment. One of the things that uh, I see that's happening in social media uh, is uh, a lack of really getting involved with uh, other people. Uh, people go on, post about what they've done, what they've seen, and then they disappear. And it's important that we support each other, especially nowadays. And it takes very little effort to hit the like button, to leave a, a quick comment like, I saw that, much success to you. I never say good luck because I think it's bad luck to do so. I'm very superstitious there. And you, know, you may disagree with me on that, but I'm very superstitious about that. Um, and then, or hitting the share button if you have the ability to do so. Sometimes you can't do that because of privacy uh, buttons. But if you can share what someone else is doing, it's really great. Um, I end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return. Um, and also, I think it's very important uh, right now, more than ever, 
uh, to go to your database or your friends list or wherever you keep that information and reach out to somebody that you haven't spoken to in about nine weeks and reach out with a phone call and see how they're doing. Um, somebody called me today and asked if I knew about somebody that we've lost a touch with. Nobody knows how to reach this guy. Nobody knows where he is. Um, his number has been disconnected. He's not on social media anywhere. And she went to the building that he lives in and the person at the desk does not even know who he is because it's new people working there. And that's scary to me. Uh, so it's important that we take the time to reach out to people and let them know what they mean to us in our lives. Uh, not after the fact, as we see a lot of that going on. I think, Danielle, you and I talked about that today. Um, it's important that we, in the moment, celebrate each other, that's my goal in life, each and every day. Um, my dear friend, Sean Moniker, always says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And I always say, if you're gonna go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper along. And on that note, you also need someone who's gonna guide you in that boat. And that would be Danielle. <laughs> Danielle, I'm gonna leave the screen and it's all yours. Thank, Thank you. you, Richard. Thank you so Thank much. You. Um, yeah, I, I've i spoken about this with Richard. I think we've spoken about it a little on the show as well. And with so many people over the past year, especially because we've had a lot of tragedies um, this past year in America, especially. And I think as we head into this next week where a lot of people's attitudes and anxiety is up, uh, I really want to remind people, if you can, Try to drop this thing that I see really common in social media, which is so many of us have taken up the habit of um, needing to be under this burden of proof rather than this burden of honesty or truth. And so many people have this natural inclination now because of social media to jump on and share about something or repost things, even if it's um, tumultuous or if it's disrespectful maybe to the people who are being actually negatively impacted by that thing. I think it's become almost more important to people to show others and show their followers and friends that they care about something by posting about it than to actually see if you can take the time and space to process it and do something about it. And I see so many people, empaths especially, losing their energy to do things that will actually make a difference with those things that we say we care about because we're using all of it up on social media and trying to prove that we care about it. So I know it can be difficult, but try to drop that fear of what people will think about you if you do or don't post about something. And instead, if you can even just take five seconds or a couple of minutes before you hit repost or before you post something in annoyance about a world global situation and just process your own feelings. Why am I feeling this way? And what is the intention that I have behind making this post? Will it actually help the situation or is it just going to add more negative fuel to the fire? So if we can do that a little bit more, not that anybody's going to be perfect with it, I think we'll be in a much better global state and actually see some of these changes that we want come to pass rather than continuously fighting no matter what side we're fighting on. Uh, so I hope some of that is helpful to you today. And as Richard said, if you would like to work with me, you can find my YouTube channel, which is D's Enlightened Edits, like it says in my name there. I have a podcast that goes live Wednesday nights on, on YouTube. Uh, the most recent one was about ancestors, but I have mental health and other aspects of spirituality. And you can also go to my website, damseldesigns, D-A-M-C-L designs.com for my readings and sessions and 
enlightened merch like this and more. So thank you guys so much. And Rita, you're next. Oh my gosh. I, how do you follow that? <laughs> that was just beautiful. So many beautiful things were, were brought up today in this show. And what it made me think of was you were talking about, um, you know, think twice about reposting and, and think about twice about your social media. And it brings us back to honesty and common sense and discernment. So um, make sure that you're honest with yourself about what you said, like you said, about how you feel about this stuff. And then, but be discerning in how it's going to affect people, how it's going to stir things up. Is it something that's going to help or is it actually going to hurt, you know, when you're thinking about social media, but actually also just in the way, um, the way you're, you're putting out your vibrations, you're putting out your, your thoughts into the world. Gratitude is another huge one. Um, if you can just be grateful for the things that we have, it's, it's something my husband tells me all the time when I get down. He's like, look at what we have and look at what, you know, all the good things in our lives. It really, really helps to have a better perspective about things. So um, I, I love what Richard said about do something good for someone with no, no expectations in return. That's a beautiful thing. Make an impact on people's lives um, and be honest. Be, have integrity. It's beautiful. Um, it's been wonderful. I, thank you so much. I've been honored to be with these other uh, wonderful actresses and, and psychic readers and, and all this wonderful thing that's happening. It was great to meet you, Sally, and uh, yeah, you know, you. see you around. And uh, thank you so much, Richard. I really appreciate it. This was really fun, really great. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like it's me. And um, I would like to just bring the attention back to Irene, the character I've invented, who saw social media and saw the internet as things that are a bit weird, really. And I think we should just go back to basics. Offer people a cup of tea, give them some kindness, give them some love. And thank you, Richard. Thank you for having me on your show. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been absolutely amazing. And look out for me in my one woman show next year. All right, thank you, bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.